Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I'm in the bowels of the Vogue Theater. I'm talking with two members of the Darcys. I would love you guys to introduce yourselves and what you do in the band. Hi, I'm Jason. I sing, play keyboards, and guitar. And I'm Wes, and I play the drums. You guys were saying before I turned on the recorder (laughs) that you wanted to give someone a pizza. Who is that guy and why? The pizza is designated to the sound technician uh, crew this evening because they are working long hours and without a break to feed themselves. And uh, a grumpy sound person is nothing you want to tangle with. And we're somewhat of a difficult band to mix, and we don't have our sound guy with us because this is a short tour, so I think he was a little bit like, oh, crap, I don't want to be doing this right now. And so he probably deserves at least a pizza. That's so sweet. Okay, you guys, you named yourselves after the dashing Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. You guys are in a band. You're on tour all of the time. What's the most romantic thing you did for your lady? Uh, for our, for my, our lady, uh, I mean, for collective lady, <laughs> the lady, um, you know, the next question, I, I think that the, it's very difficult to be romantic on the road. And I think that you essentialize your relationship to a series of very small interactions that prove that you are faithful and somewhat, or mostly in love with the person back at home. Nice. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Let's listen to some music. Does that sound like a good idea? That sounds like a wonderful idea. Hi, I'm Jason from the Darcy's, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. The trees stood like knives And claimed us for their own And sold down the river Before I knew I had
this is Wes Marscott from the Darcy's, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard The River off a record called Warring by the Darcy's. I've got two members of the band here with me. I'd love it if one or both of you could talk about this track. Uh, with The River, I think it was the lead single off of Warring, which is sort of, a, sort of an obtuse single when you think about singles, especially with our record. There's a lot more sort of essentialized pop songs or at least closer to pop songs than The River. I have to ask then, why go with The River? Because I think it's unique and it spoke to the general atmosphere of the record more than I think if you singled out another track, it might imply something different. And we wanted to show that we were doing something what we thought was was exciting and, and new and not find the most derivative pop whatever that we had on our record and put that out f- first. But with that song, you know, I, I more than anything, I think it was all about the motion and the movement of that song and, and that guitar line that sort of like slinks through the song. I think it was, I always thought about no matter what music video you made for it, if you followed somebody with a camera, anyone would just have this looming negative quality, something dark, something bad was about to happen. We really wanted to create that space. And then I think the lyrics are very trite and, and sort of aggressive towards, you know, somebody in... And I, I like that atmosphere that it built and then saying, this is this record, you know, come into this record. And I think that you really got to put your hand up and be willing to go for that ride. So, Wes, you're the drummer and you write the lyrics. What's it like writing words for someone else to sing? Well, I think that we had to sort of credit the record a certain way just because that's the way it made sense. But the whole project is very collaborative between Jason and I. And so, and having known Jason for as long as I've almost known myself, I think we've been friends what 20 years I'm 27 I didn't really do much from one to seven so Jason sort of been attached to me since I was sort of relevant as a human being so I we kind of know each other we started to look like each other kind of like you look like your dog so Jason I'd love you to talk a bit about the collaboration well I think kind of the the way it worked for a long time with us is that we both bring all of our ideas to the table and then it's just kind of like a the the process of sifting through you know the elements that we want to keep and the elements that we don't and as I began uh, to get more focused into the production and the music writing side of things. Wes kind of took it upon himself to get more focused on on the lyric writing. I would love it if both of you guys could talk about a situation where maybe you get some lyrics from Wes and you're like, hmm, I don't know. I think that that's what's great about this process is because I'm not singing them. They're um, getting cutting them or, or, or trashing them or whatever is more available, I think. If you were somebody like Matt Good, who shows up to a, a band practice, no one's screwing with those lyrics. Jeff Tweedy, no one's screwing with those lyrics. So mine were um, Jason could edit and shift and do whatever he wanted to. And I think that that's what made it a little more democratic than most bands do. And I think that helped them be stronger. And then I got more credit than I deserved. And I think that goes both ways with the music. If I you know, made an arrangement and a whole song, or even interpret his lyrics in a certain way, it always has to be open to, to be chopped apart and put back together. And I think something that we value highly as a band, not even just between the two of us, but all of us in the studio, is that you have to check your ego at the door. It's not always easy, and it doesn't always go smoothly, but you can't walk in thinking that your idea is finished or the best it'll ever be, because that's the whole point of collaboration and developing an idea amongst people that you respect. That's kind of where it's all born from. So. So let's talk about a situation where you change things. Maybe Wes wasn't sold on it in the beginning, but after a while he was like, yeah, that's awesome. 
This w- this has to do with a whole song uh, track, which made the album called Horses Fell. And we had developed it through a number of different styles, kind of, and we settled on a certain demo that we felt really strongly for. We went through it in pre-production, we got into the studio, we were spending lots of money to be there every day, and we recorded it. We completed the song nearly. I, I don't remember exactly what we were working on, but it was the last night of that session, and I kind of had this internal crisis where I just felt like it wasn't right. There was something about it. It sounded wrong to me. It sounded like something I didn't want to stand behind. It sounded like something that I just didn't have the taste for. And everyone, for a while, was like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, we've got this so far. Here we are. Like, everyone's stoked on this. And I just kind of had to stab it to death. And it took a while, but then eventually, as we rebuilt the song, it started to come together, and it, you know, kind of was born in a new way. And I think it was much better that way. Hope that everyone agrees. It's funny because you have to trust uh, somebody's instinct in those situations, and if they feel much stronger or more strongly about fixing the song than you do about keeping it, you sort of have to let them run with it. But I do remember listening to that session uh, maybe a m- two months ago, and Jason going, "Well, we cut this." I was like, "No, you cut this." And uh, you know, I, th- I think in the end, what made the record is what's right for the record. But it is interesting um, in the moment where you think is not good and what is good and you go back and hear it and then you have a totally different perspective on it because you're bogged down sort of in the moment and in that in that situation and then things change but I'm happy with how it turned out and I was stubbornly for it at the time and Jason was against it and he won that particular battle. Hi this is Wes Marscow from the Darcy's and you're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood.
Hi, I'm Jason from the Darcy's, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Muzzle Blast off a record called Warring by the Darcy's. I've got two members of the band here with me. We're in the bowels of the Vogue Theater in a very echoey dressing room. These guys are wishing they drank more beer before they'd met me. I'd love it if one of you guys could talk about this one. Uh... Muzzle Blast is a song that kind of sonically came out of us watching a bunch of different Stanley Kubrick movies and not necessarily taking cues from what kind of imagery he was presenting us, but looking at the lyrics of the song and trying to create kind of like an audio representation of the places that the lyrics were from and and put us in. And I think that kind of became something of a, a theme through the sessions that we looked into and uh, I think that kind of started to, what we figured out on that song started to inform the way the rest of the record came together. So it seems kind of like a, a pivotal moment for us. And, and I think that song lyrically is, is about responsibility and growth and becoming an adult. And I think that a lot of the content um, for me was about, you know, what I would do now or differently in a situation that I, I've been placed in or, or what my responsibilities were to people now that I've grown old and I have these, you know, knots or these roots in the world where before I could sort of live my life as a 21-year-old kid and kind of do whatever I wanted. So it's about that responsibility and that and that growth and, and becoming as close to as a man as I may ever become. And I think so it was a really difficult and introspective song for me to write, but um, it, it, I think that it speaks to that in, in some level. And I think to a lot of people, I've got a lot of, we've got a lot of positive feedback tweets and things like that about people just feeling that song and 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 what it says and i think that that was it was a big thing for us to sort of mature and i love that's what i love about music and being in a band is that you can mature publicly and some other person can take what they want from that that record and and that that song and those lyrics and do what they want with them that is a very interesting thing to love about being in a band well what's your favorite part of being in a band do you also find pleasure from maturing on front of an audience over time I don't know if it's necessarily it, the in front of the audience part, but it's that like there seems to always be a new challenge internally, and 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 that goes for all of us in different in different ways. And as we play more shows and as we write more songs and work on more music, it seems like these things that were at one point like completely impossible to us as individuals, all of a sudden are things that we're rising to, and so we're learning to you know. Um, process things in a different way that maybe they're not like completely out of reach it's just a, a question of mindset and finding your way there and uh and i think because of that and creating these like in kind of insane things like let's do a trilogy or let's you know write a cinematic piece that represents this whatever are these things that like you know people at our point in our career shouldn't necessarily be doing but by setting that goal for ourselves we're like committing to it and all of a sudden there it is and you've done it Okay, so the record, it's called Warring. You guys have called this a trilogy. I'm a fan, but can you explain the trilogy to me without sounding a bit pretentious? No, I I think it's a very uh, pretentious thing to put out uh, a trilogy of records as your, you know, announce a trilogy with your first record on a label as a virtually unheard of band um, in Toronto. Uh, And that's sort of what we wanted to do. And I think that there was a, a big push from us to make you know, articulate artistic music that wasn't sort of with the time or the trend to try to grow our band based on a fad or or a style. 
And uh, we knew where we wanted to go, and, and we just did that. And there was sort of the blinders on to the rest of the world and what they thought. And then I think as far as the connected property, it was sort of those, those incremental shifts between each record that helped they all work together to make Warring happen. I often think of the self-titled record and Asia's really great press for Warring because we always knew we wanted to make Warring and we needed to make those records to be able to have the ability, the tools, the ideas to make Warring possible. And so they were a big step. And then we're also, to make it even more pretentious, we're working on the epilogue to the trilogy uh, that's supposed to come out on Record Store Day if we can get it finished. I think of the trilogy as a commitment as much to like the people that we told we were going to do it as to ourselves. Because it's, you know, it's a big thing in your life to say, I'm going to drop everything else and I'm going to do this music thing and we're going to develop this aesthetic and go somewhere with it. And, you know, we've had many things kind of stand in our way and make us question why we're so deep into it. But saying that we're going to make three records, we are going to do this. I mean, we're going to make more than that. I I know and I hope. But that's just like a, a moment for all of us and as a group and as friends to say this is something we're in together. So speaking of trilogies, the word implies somewhat of a culmination of things. So can you maybe pick one thing to talk about that is culminating with this record? I think it was more about the, the personal struggle and the, the growth for us as people and musicians. And, and sort of we, we learned to grow publicly. And that was our big shift from self-titled where it's like, oh, we can play these songs in a room. We can play them to a few people at a bar to growing between covering a Steely Dan record and then being a band that plays large venues all over the world. And it was about personal growth, experience, and things like that. So I think it was more in, uh, about our internal struggle, more so than you know any sort of specific element of the music or the, the lyrics. So it was very much about our growth. And, and I also was going to say, which I think is interesting, is that um, there's a lot tied into making a trilogy and, and this epilogue that we're working on, but I think it grants us a lot more freedom than most bands because now that this trilogy is over, I mean, the Darcy's don't have to exist in any form. I feel like there's a lot of closure in, in releasing the third in a trilogy, and I think there's a lot, of, a lot of room for us to do something very different or not do anything at all, start a new band, start a new version of this band. So I, I really like that freedom. And also, I think it puts us in a really, backs us into a corner, and we have to sort of find a way to get out of that in a different way. Saying stuff like that makes Darcy's fans nervous. Maybe they should be. Wes, Jason from the Darcy's, thanks for being on my show. I appreciate it. At the end of the show, I love the artist to pick one of their tracks and talk a bit about it as I bring that track up. Uh, I'm going to go with Lost Dogfights, the closing track on Warring. That was a song that in parts kind of floated around our song pool for a long time. It went through many different versions. And it's something... You know, it's always a place for me when we're performing it, and I just, I just think that's maybe my favorite song on the record. I, there's a David Berman book of poetry called Actual Air, and there's a poem in the first poem I believe is called Classic Water, and one of the lines is "Think of me as a place," and I feel like that was a big reference point when making this record was trying to take the listener somewhere where they, they weren't in their home, they weren't in their car, they were in sort of the warring atmosphere, as pretentious as that may sound. But that was something we want to do, and I think that that song, as uh, close to me as well, but really, really achieved that, and, and it's a very unique space. And I, even when I listen to it, I feel like I'm, you know, transported at least minutely, because I've heard that song about 40,000 times. But 
you know, I think it speaks to me. And when and when you when you can make a song that does something for you, I think that you know you've gotten somewhere. All right, so we're gonna listen to "Lost Dogfights" off the record "Warring" by the Darcys. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. Hi, I'm Wes Marskell from the Darcys, and you're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. Could you do one where you're sounding a little bit peppy, like you were happy to be on the show? Hi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, this is Wes Marscott from the Darcy's, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. If summer could kill this one Stop it. 